Today we're gonna continue talking about this novel. It's mostly fiction inspired on true events that might happen to somebody. Names, characters, places, incidents, either probing for imagination or being changed to protect privacy. Fair use. Please consider this book as a science fiction. The whole story honestly unbelievably mind blowing. So please read and listen to some podcasts and ebooks by Team TBLC. Portion of this novel contains third party content, constitute fair use. Works are meant to be educational, scholar and nature criticism, scientific psychological research. Chapter Interest in Guns. Because of divorce settlement, Alana had to sell her condo in Encinatus and obtain the money to give her ex-husband Ted. She was very pissed about that. And conveniently, around the same time, Alana picks up an interest in guns and shooting. She decided she wanted to learn how to shoot a gun professionally, so she found a range called Iron Targets, which wasn't too far from her home in Carlsbad. Ireland tar- targets um, were a public place, indoor shooting range, where Alana um, bought a handgun and began shooting lessons. Eventually, she met an instructor named Don. Alana ended up taking private lessons only with him. Don was about like 50 years old when he met Alana. He developed a particular interest in her because she would explain to him that her ex-husband Ted was abusive and she wanted to protect herself from him and also protect her son. Alana actually wasn't the first woman who came to Don for private lessons, specifically to protect themselves from abusive partner. Don didn't hesitate to help women. He was a natural protector. Actually, he served in the army, in Marines for 12 years. One of Don's prior clients came to him, uh, played an audio clip that she recorded while she was being abused by her husband. And that was enough for him. And that moment... Don remembered uh, wanting to help anybody who needs his help. The client contacted Don and he ended up coming to her house and helped her finding safe place at her home and taught her a handful set of self-defense movements. Luckily, Don's client husband ended up being convicted and ended up in jail and couldn't harm anybody. And the client was very thankful and publicly noted that Don helped her to save her. The story was important to show how Don's character and desire to help this someone in danger. Chapter Loveboy Hitman So when Alana Loveboy showed up at the shooting range and told Don about her ex-husband Ted being abusive to her, Don felt like Alana was just another battered woman in danger who needed his help. Don and Alana grew up pretty close and fast. So even Don's wife was, wasn't happy about that. She noticed they were texting a lot to each other. She felt like it was becoming super inappropriate. Even though Don kept trying to tell her that it was just another woman who needs his help to be safe from an abusive ex. Uh, however, Don's wife felt like Alana was texting her husband way too often and way too much. And it, was, uh, it wasn't appropriate at all. So they ended up um, um, having issues in Don's marriage as well, and two of them also had a son, so that made Don even more concerned about Alana's and her son. So even though Ted had been awarded 50% custody of Alana and his son, she still didn't want to accept that, and she still was trying to fight for full custody in the courts. 
and that throughout all the court hearings, Alana maintained that Ted was sexually abusive to her, even though several evaluations proved that he was not. Ted knew that Alana was trying to do everything in her power to keep him uh, from the sun, so that brings us to the point when Ted gets a strange phone call during the night, and it came about like 10.30 p.m. And that night, Ted answered and he didn't there and when he did there was a strange deep voice on the other hand who told Ted that was he was a pro, um, private investigator who had some information regarding the custody battle um, of his son and particular some documents that Ted needs to look it was very important and when Ted asked to see those documents the investigator said he would give it to him only at a private place in person Chapter Secret Meeting The private investigator on the phone told Ted he would get the the custody documents, but he had to go to some woods to view them. And the investigator hung up, and two minutes later he called back, telling Todd the exact location where documents are going supposed to be. It should be on a touch pole of a dirt path of Avenida Soledad, which is a very random place right off the road in the woods. After that very strange call, Todd leaves his phone, feeling very worried, very confused, and he ends up calling a non-emergency dispatch to see if they think it's okay for him to go there to get the documents. And dispatch did tell Ted that it seems very often suspicious, and ultimately Ted decided to go there anyway because he didn't want to take any chances that the case uh, will be thrown off and reopened, and he wanted to see what was it all about. However, Ted decided to, that he shouldn't go there alone, so he call, he calls up his boss, who was actually a good friend of his. And two of them went um, went to that strange pole. It was around 11 p.m., and they arrived at a dirt path leading to the pole. They started tr um, tracking up the dirt path in search for this pole that contains alleged documents. During the daylight, finding this pole would have been really easy and relatively safe, but at night it was really dark and they headed toward the pole. Ted and his boss only had a small bicycle light as a flashlight, and the only weapon they had was a child baseball bat. When they got to the pole, they saw an angry bird owl. They immediately felt weird about the whole situation and the place, so Ted shined the light around the area and he didn't see any papers on the pole. But he saw maybe he missed someone. He looked around for the papers and eventually he noticed that they weren't alone there in the woods. He saw men lying on a dirt dressed in a camo, pointing sniper rifle at them. After the second time of shining the light on this man on the ground, this guy starts shooting at the, um, Ted and his friend a total seven times. Luckily, only one of the shots hit Ted and he was shot in his chest to the left side, close to his heart. Ted started just running away on adrenaline and he didn't even realize that he'd been shot until they got back into his car. But once he realized that he was shot, his body just started shutting down, and his boss knew it was so bad, so he called 911. Quote, this is 911, what's your emergency, the operator asked. My friend Ted just bleeding into the front, 
seat of my car. He just been shot. Ted Bus reported to 911. Do you know who shot him? Ted, the operator asked. There was a guy lying down like a sniper on the ground when Ted pointed light at him and shot at us, the boss reported. Ted was quickly rushed into the hospital and police went out and searched the area. Even helicopters were circling around to see if they could find anybody. And the first police thought they were looking just for some random active shooter who, it, who was unrelated to why Ted and his boss were actually out there at night. But then police searched the area and they came up with really nothing. They didn't find shell case casings. And all that makes them feel really, really weird. They were looking, they start thinking it was an experienced shooter and who had known how to collect and what to collect before leaving the crime scene. However, they did find some something really weird. The police found a towel and it was covered in human feces and they were uh, they believed the shooter was there where they found the towel. Surgeon Ernest was one of the f first at the scene, and she remembered something helpful. She remembered that Ted had called non-emergency dispatch right before the meeting at the Woods and said he was being called out by a private investigator. Thank thankfully, Ted survived, and he was able to talk to police about what he experienced. He also explained that he and his ex-wife Alana Loveboy were in horrible custody battle over the child. And he also said he didn't believe she was the one who shot him, but police obviously went to interview Alana and they find out Demi her demeanor was um, way too off. It just didn't seem right. Chapter Alana's Interrogation when police went to interview Alana, one of the officers said she she appeared to be giggling at one point and then was sad and crying. Then they felt like something was off. But Alana claimed that she had nothing to do with that all and because she had been at home all night. So police knew the best way and possibly the only way to track down the person who actually shot the Ted was figuring out who made the initial call to Ted. They felt like it was pretty obvious that Ted had been lured out to the remote location at night and that all had something to do with his divorce and custody battle over his son. So investigators started with tracing the cell phone number used to call Ted that night. The investigator, investigators learned that it was a prepared burner phone, which was largely unhelpful, but they were still, however, able to trace their phone and have been purchased which was like at local Best Buy. So police were able to obtain CCTV footage from that Best Buy and they confirmed through the tapes waiting to see who exactly purchased that phone. It didn't take long enough until they spotted Alana Loveboy in the footage buying the burner phone that was used two weeks later to lure her husband Ted to the woods when he was supposed to be killed. Of course, this gave Carlsbad police enough evidence to arrest Alana right away and bring her to for further interrogations. The police also searched her home and found the exact outfit um, that she wear, was wearing at Best Buy, footage buying the burner phone. However, when they brought Alana to the station, of course she denied everything, insisted that she was home that night, had nothing to do with all that happened to Ted. An interrogation room police straight up asked her if she hired somebody to kill her ex-husband Ted.
Alana said that she did not, but it only took a little more time pressing her to start for Alana to start opening up. She eventually told investigators about her relationship with the shooting range instructor Don, and she stated that Don volunteered to help her to protect her from abusive husband because um, she believed he was her boyfriend and because they slept together. So it turns out that Don's wife was all right all about Alana inappropriate texting her husband at night. Going further into interrogation, Alana, however, changed her story once again. And this time she said she didn't hire Don to kill Ted. She only asked him to do something just to scare him off. She explained that she was hoping that her new boyfriend could just scare Ted into giving her full custody of the son. Alana told the police that she did pay Don a thousand dollars and planned to give him more uh, right after it was all over and she never but she never wanted to kill her ex-husband Ted. She just uh, wanted Don to confront him and intimidate him. The police asked Alana to walk them through the events of September 1st and she said uh, that she'd pick up Don at the park and gave him a ride. Don was carrying out some bag and when she asked him what was the back about, was about, Don told her, do not worry about it. Alana told investigators that she didn't ask Don any more questions. And then she confesses that she actually picked up Don after the confrontation in the woods. And Don said things went wrong and he had, to sh he had no choice but shooting Ted or whoever was with him. As soon as Alana named Don as a shooter, the SWAT team rushed into his house. The first thing they called um, the landline and told Dan's wife to grab the son and get out of the house. Not only SWAT team was planning on arresting Dan and bringing him for questioning, but they also were going to be searching the entire house. And they didn't want to scare Dan's wife or the child, so SWAT team asked her to get out of the house. Chapter SWAT Team Raid SWAT team was looking for a guns at the Don's house and they did find a lot of guns but not the one they were believe uh, that would use to shoot Ted. That was until they reached garage. In the garage area they found upper and lower assemblies for R15 which was the, they believed Don used to shoot Ted. The evidence was located under the piles of foam and sleeping bags so don't try to hide them at the R15 had the silencer, which was illegal in California. Not only that, SWAT team also uncovered something called a brass bag, which is used to catch uh, shell casing from the bullets. Inside the brass bag, there were several shell casing, which explained why they were not just at the crime scene when police arrived. So SWAT team also searched the, his car and they found the camo jacket and black pants that were covered in dirt and sheep. So they were pretty much a slam down case to convict both Alana and her love boy Don. The police had a solid case against Don at this point, but just like Alana, Don first tried to deny everything, any connection to the shooting or to Alana. He said he knew anything about it and uh, that he was uh, home entire night. So police asked for his cell phone and he refused to hang it over, but they didn't even really need it because they already knew he was uh, guilty. 
and the police already knew that he was lying to them. They tested the towel with human feces on it, and turns out uh, the DNA belonged to Don, ironically. However, even with that evidence, Don still tried to convince everybody that he wasn't the shooter. He said the reason he was actually out in the dirt in the road that day was because he was going for, for a run. While he was out running, he had to take a dump, number two. So Don used the towel he found coincidentally on the ground and decided to leave it out there after he was done with his business number two. That's why his DNA was on a towel and not because he was a shooter. Ridiculously. Chapter Poop Towel Evidence The police asked Don if he brought the towel there with him and said no, it was there already. I just used it to wipe my butt because it was convenient. This was a quote. And what Don didn't know was police already knew the towel belonged to Alana Loveboy, his girlfriend. They found the match for towel like that at her house. Second towel was just exactly like it was found in the woods. And the Don story started to shift right after that. He started saying yes, he had been set up by Alana all along. He repeated his several times. He ultimately knew the police thought he was guilty, even though Don tried out explain that Alana was setting him up without knowledge. Don admitted they were two having sex together and they he believed he was protecting Alana from her abusive husband. So on September second, less than two weeks after the shooting, Alana and Don were booked on charges of conspiracy to commit murder and attempted murder. Of course both of them entered no guilty plea and the trial was set for October seventeenth. Chapter the trial During the trial, the prosecuting attorney argued that Alana Loveboy paid Don McLean $1,000 to lure her ex-husband Ted out to a remote location with intent to kill him. The prosecutors argued that Alana's motives were to get full custody of the child, to get out of having to pay him $120,000 according to divorce settlement. However, prosecutor knew that Alana and her defense team would attempt to point fing fingers at Ted being sexually abuser and at this case of course they decided to address it directly by getting him to take a stand so when ted took a stand they asked him if he ever abused alana and the son of course ted answered absolutely not ted explained that the reason he decided ultimately to go to the woods and see custody documents that night wasn't because he was guilty of anything but because he had worked so hard to gain equal custody and he didn't want to lose anything or case to be reopened. However, the defense attorney argued there is no way innocent men would go out and seek out this information in the woods suspiciously unless him, he has something to hide. But Ted still maintained his innocence and then defense also argued that only, the only reason he was lured out to that spot that night was not for the intention to being killed, but instead it was a way for Alana and Dawn to gather information against Ted for divorce custody battle. According to Dan, he was simply there to take a video of Ted looking for the same information, which he and Alana would use to reopen case, custody case because they believed innocent men wouldn't just go out and seeking to seek information in the wood in the woods in the first place. 
and the fans argued ridiculously that Alana and Don intention was never to kill Ted, but only to go out there dressed up in a camo with arms 15 to gain evidence against Ted. Don even added that reason that he was arm in the ground during the accident was because he was in the military for a long time and he was this is how he felt safe in the woods at night especially after Alana told him that Ted was a drug user who owned an authorized gun and who could bring with him as a potential defense weapon. Don also testified that he waited out there for Ted for Ted That night she recorded him on a cell phone, but uh, Ted got uh, there and he realized that his plan uh, to secretly record Ted on his phone was wouldn't work because his phone had a flashlight and Ted obviously would, would be seeing that flashlight and the secret plan would be ruined. Don also said he freaked out when Ted was shining light at him and uh, him. It because it would give him a tactical advantage because it would mess with Don's vision and uh, that's why he shot at him. He argued that it was self-defense shot because of flashlight. He, he, he freaked out and since and there was no witness in, however, there was However, even witness from Don's, Don's side stated, quote, Don is a former military shooting instructor, could easily hit target 100 yards away if um, Ted was only 20 yards away, Don would, um, would kill him instantly with no trouble. He would be having no trouble killing him easily because he was a professional. In order to prove that um, this was all premeditated, the prosecution ended bringing Alana's aunt into testifying as well. And Alana's aunt testified that at restaurant on Christmas Eve, her niece Alana Loveboy pulled her aside and asked if she could help her to find somebody to kill Ted. So just like that, Alana and her Loveboy Dawn were obviously playing with the fire. They were eventually found guilty on one count of attempted murder, one count of conspiracy to commit murder. Alana received sentence of 26 years in life in prison and don't receive 50 years life in prison so he also was required to pay half a million dollars in punitive damages to Ted and Don was receiving his sentencing in a courtroom Alana ended up passing, passing out in a courtroom so the sentencing got postponed for, for later 